Thrive Church, uh, thank you so much for joining us for another Thursday evening. Uh, this Thursday evening, a very special evening, uh, it's Maundy Thursday um, in, in Holy Week. Um, there are some traditional things that we normally talk about during this time uh, and on this day specifically. Um, I wanted to talk about those things, but I wanted to kind of put them in a different light uh, since our world is kind of in a different time right now. Um, so let's just jump right in. Um, if you want to follow along uh, where I'm getting this material from, uh, you can turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Um, specifically, uh, this is where we get uh, most of the Maundy Thursday celebration um, is from this chapter in particular. Um, and just to set the scene for you, uh, Jesus and his his apostles are in the upper room. Uh, his disciples are in the upper room. Um, he washes the disciples' feet, uh, which if you're part of a congregation that, that views that uh, as an ordinance, then um, that's one thing that we generally do on Monday, Thursday. Um, as with a lot of things, it's a little difficult to uh, participate in, in that specific ritual. Um, but it's something that I would definitely encourage you to do. It's a very simple thing. Um, for us, there's not you know, any magic words that you say or um, anything um, specific. The only thing that I would suggest is that um, if you do uh, plan on washing feet um, for, for Maundy Thursday, um, do it with intention. Um, it's simple enough to grab a bucket or a pan um, of water uh, to wash your loved one's feet, whoever you happen to be quarantined with at this point, um, to dry it off. But like I said, do, do it with intention. Uh, do it with purpose um, and know that uh, it, it served as an act um, not only of service uh, from Jesus to his disciples, um, but it also served uh, as a way to illustrate um, a certain equality uh, with those disciples. Um, so Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And like I said, that's kind of the key thing that we, that we focus in on on Monday, Thursday. Um, also in this passage, he predicts his betrayal uh, by, by Judas, and he also predicts uh, Peter's denial of him. Um, but the, the passage I want to draw your attention to um, is actually uh, verse 34 in chapter 13. And let me read that for you real quick. Um, it says, well, I'll back up one. I'll just kind of give you some context. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, My children, this is verse 33, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Here's the key phrase. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. For me, this is the key passage for Maundy Thursday. Um, this is a passage that I hold very near and dear to me, uh, to myself personally. Um, through study, it was a, a passage that, that has stuck out to me. Um, uh, no matter how many times I read it or how many times I go through it. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. Um, and the, there's two things that I want to speak about with you today uh, in regards to Monday Thursday um, are things that we don't generally talk about on this day. Uh, the first is the upper room itself. 
Um, that's where the events of this scene take place. That's where Jesus gives this new command. Um, within the more orthodox Christian tradition, the upper room um, is a place where a lot of stuff happens, uh, simply put. Uh, the apostles stayed there uh, anytime they were in Jerusalem. Um, Monday Thursday, uh, the events of Monday Thursday occurred there. Uh, the Last Supper uh, occurred there. Um, the disciples actually gathered there after uh, Jesus' crucifixion uh, in John chapter 20. Um, and some believe that even the beginning events of Pentecost occurred uh, in, this, in the same upper room. Um, and within the Christian Orthodox tradition, there is actually a physical room that you can go see um, to this day. Uh, it, and it's, it's part of a, a, a religious compound that has, they've, it's been made more ornate and, and um, decorated. But within the Christian Orthodox belief, this is, this is the actual room where the disciples met and where a lot of the events that we associate with the end of Jesus' life occurred. First and foremost, the upper room was a place of seclusion. Um, we know that Jesus had prepared this room um, specifically for the events that occurred there. Uh, when going into Jerusalem, he told his disciples, hey, uh, there is a, there's this place, this room, um, and that he was aware of who the owner was and that um, the place was furnished uh, to, to, for the, the Passover feast. Um, it was ready for them. It could hold them all. Um, and so he told them to go ahead and secure this place and then course that's where we get the events where we see now um jesus and his disciples often looked for places of escape um and i say that not because they were avoidant of their duty or avoidant of people but <clears throat> there were times that jesus being human uh got tired um, his the demands on his time uh, the demands on his abilities became too much uh, i often joke that you know um People will ask the phrase, you know, what would Jesus do? Uh, napping is definitely one of those things that Jesus would do, and Jesus did do. Uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, looking for escape, looking for respite, um, is something that Jesus and his, his disciples often did, so much so that it is, it's actually recorded several times uh, in the Gospels. Um, they were they were cut off effectively from the outside world while they were in this room. Um, but we can look at today uh, and see that we're in a very similar situation. Um, not necessarily by, uh, by choice for, for the most part. Um, our seclusion, our recluse nature um, is in some ways forced upon us right now. Um, it's to keep us safe. Uh, but I think we can utilize, if we look at passages like this, we can utilize this seclusion um, in a way similar to what the disciples and what Jesus used their seclusion in the upper room for. Um, the important thing was that, that cutoff from the outside world. Um, and in essence, what, what the upper room was, was a place of preparation. That seclusion, that um, cutoff from the world, provided a, a place that they could prepare themselves and that Jesus, I, f I feel, was preparing them to go do greater things in his name. 
So what my prayer for you um, and what I, what I was thinking about during, uh, during the preparation for today, um, my prayer is that God is preparing his church. Uh, he's preparing you for great things. Just like he was preparing his disciples to go out and make disciples and to spread the gospel and to spread his word, I, I pray that God uses this time of seclusion with your family away from the, the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I pray that he utilizes this time uh, for you to prepare for great things. Um, the second thing that I want to talk about is, is specifically verse 34. And I believe verse 34 uh, brings out one of those great things that I, that I hope God is preparing you for. Um, and that's the concept of this new commandment. Um, again, he says, <clears throat> A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So previously we see a different formulation of this concept. Um, Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, um, and he's asked, uh, you know, the, what, what's the greatest command in Scripture? And he said to love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Um, and, then, and then he says, but the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so, of course, giving another formulation of what we consider <clears throat> in society to be the golden rule to treat one another as you would like to be treated. Um, but here we see a slight twist, and I, I feel like um, that twist is, is the most important part. Um, the kind of love that Jesus shows us is greater than any love that we can experience on earth. It's simply put, um, it's a pure love. It's love uh, from God himself. Um, the, the love that Jesus shows, I think, is probably, probably beyond anything we think we're even capable of. So when Jesus says to love one another as you would love yourself, um, I think a lot of us could sympathize with the statement that sometimes we don't love ourselves very much. Um, so if I use myself as a standard for love, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily ensure that I'm treating others well. Um, I often don't treat myself very well, whether that be negative talk or not taking care of myself. Um, I think we all go through bouts where we don't do or make the best decisions for ourselves. Um, but one of the commentaries I read on this passage said that the, that the key phrase here is that it, it it turned Jesus into the new standard for love. So instead of instead of ourselves being the standard, Jesus said, use me as the standard. Um, don't hold people's sins against them, just like Jesus didn't hold our sins against us. Uh, love people uh, with an all-encompassing nature. Uh, give them everything you have to give them. <coughs> I believe now, uh, in our current situation in society, um, even before the quarantine, even before coronavirus, even before the illness, I believe that, that God was preparing the world for a time to exercise this kind of love. So I want to ask you some questions, um, and you can discuss uh, with the people you're around. If you're in touch with your small group uh, right now, um, you can discuss these questions. But 
Um, with that in mind, uh, this concept of preparation, this concept of Jesus is the new standard of love, I want to ask, what, what is it possibly that God is preparing you for? And what do you think he's preparing Thrive Church for? What is your, what is your upper room moment from this whole experience? Is there a, a time um, during the past few weeks or, or, you know, think about this even in a few more weeks, um, where, where God communicates to you through scripture or through prayer or meditation, a God uh, is, that is, he's preparing you for something. What, what is that moment, that upper room moment for you? I also want you to think about what the difference between loving others as yourself and loving others as Christ would be. Um, again, we're often capable of, of doing horrific things, even to ourselves. Um, but what does it mean to shift that focus to Jesus as the new standard for loving other people? And last, how are you possibly being called to love others like Christ? Have you already been called uh, to love others in a selfless way? Um, I want you to share that with us. You can share that uh, in the comment section of this video if you'd like. Um, you can reach out if, if there's something the church can help you with that, that you feel like is a great opportunity for us to love others like Christ has loved. Um, we want to hear from you, and we want to know how it is that, that God is calling you to love others with that Christ-like love. Uh, so that's pretty much all I have today for you. Why don't you pray with me, um, and then... Uh, just think about these points uh, th that we've come up with today. So bow your heads with me if you would. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to reach out to my church family. Um, as one of the pastors here, Lord, I, I struggle with the idea that um, I feel sometimes like, like no one is listening. Uh, I miss that physical connection. I miss the, the being there with my with my church family um speaking to a, a camera um is is difficult it's it's a hard thing to come to the realization that that what your gospel means to us um has a lot to do with community and a lot to do with how we contact uh the body how we contact the church um Lord, I pray that you utilize this time of seclusion, uh, this, these upper room moments, so to speak, uh, to prepare us to do great things. Um, and Lord, knowing full well that those great things that you're preparing us for are, are in the vein of loving others, uh, just like Jesus loved us. Lord, help us to use Christ as the standard for how we treat other people, how we love other people, um, and Lord, let this, let this be a time where we all grow um, and emerge uh, from this time as, as an army uh, willing to, to love other people and put ourselves out there in a way like, like never before. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Um, like I said, go ahead and comment on the, on the video uh, if you've got some answers you'd like to share with these, with these questions. Um, just make sure that you keep in contact with the, the relaunch of the Thrive Church app. There'll be information on there. Keep in contact with the, the newsletter. Um, and then uh, 
look out for some directions for small groups. Um, some of the small groups I know have been meeting via digital means, but but look out in the coming week for um, directions on on how to meet with your small group and some solutions that we've come up to during uh, come up with during this time. So uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, my my prayer again for you is just to say stay safe um, and stay in the word. Grace and peace. Good evening.